0: Uh, good to be back. Um, Nick and I were in Hamilton for a couple of weeks at a um, wonderful little Bible school. They train missionaries there, so we were there. And um, uh, wonderful, thank you, Malcolm, being able to see online what was going on here, including the, uh, the great um, service for Vinay, the commemoration service. And I just felt so proud. Of, of you guys and uh, what you you continue to do. In the, the Reformation, 500 years ago, the Reformers were criticised that they were bringing down the priesthood. And I think it was Luther who said, no, it's not that. It's that we're bringing up the laity. That is what we're trying to do. And so, um, just so really proud of um, you guys in the last couple of weeks, what you've done, and Stu and... Luke Elliot and um, uh, Warren and Sharon and others, yeah, well done. So I'm going to pray uh, very shortly. I feel um, I feel a little bit like Bam Bam Telianga. You may not know Bam Bam Telianga's used to be from Peru. I think he might be in Australia now. He's probably not listening, but um, you know, Yeah, so his real name is Andy Talianga. He's a really good rugby league player. And he was fast, he was clever and um, good passer, good tackler, really good tackler. And one day we were watching him, and um, maybe we'll pull that one up, please, and then that won't bang so much, thank you. And um, we were watching him on the sideline and realised that actually he was a good tackler because he wasn't the first tackler. Uh, so in rugby league, you can have um, two or three tackle on the same guy, and um, Bam, what he would do, he would wait till one or two others had really um, got the guy, stopped him, and he would come in for the big hit, boom. And uh, I feel like Bam today, and that Luke's done the hard yards on chapter seven, and I'm coming in for the big hits. Thank you. It's just the way it worked out. (laughs) Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. And we ask, Lord, that you would um, continue to speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. So here it is. Here here it is. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Boom. There it is. Isn't that good? I'm going to say that again. Therefore, there is now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That was worth um, grunting through chapter 7 right there. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In the 80s, there was some different fashions. Not all of them were good. One of them... There was um, some t-shirts, I think it was kind of late 80s, and they're different colours. They just had one word on the front, and the word was life. And uh, we were youth workers, and we teased this one guy from another part of the country. He had such a big tummy. I'm blaming mine on COVID. You can blame anything on COVID. But this guy, he had such a big tummy, uh, he was teased that all you could see was the word if, (laughs) but to have life there's an if you need the if to have life in fact in our passage today there's three little words I want to talk about and the uh, first one is if and to have life you need the if the if therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Fantastic. There's no condemnation. The verdict has come back. Not guilty. For those that are in Christ Jesus, we are considered righteous. Righteous. No condemnation. God has acquitted us because of Jesus' sacrifice. There's no condemnation. God does not condemn us, Satan does. Satan accuses, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 says, Satan accuses the brethren. That's what Satan does, not God. God acquits us for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And sometimes people think they're being bold and courageous and prophetic in condemning the household of faith. Well, nah, maybe not. Maybe you're helping the other guy. Because in Christ is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan accuses, God acquits. Let's carry on. It's only one verse. Uh, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds Are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, because of sin, the spirit gives life. Amen. Because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to you, your mortal bodies, because of his Spirit who lives in you. Amen. Life, life, and the first little word is the first is the word if. Life depends on having if in the middle. If you have the Spirit, verse nine. In fact, between verses nine and eleven. We have that word, if, four times. If you have the spirit, you are alive in God. If you have the spirit, the flesh no longer is the thing that dominates. The spirit of God is now the dominating factor in your life. Hallelujah. The spirit is called three things. And basically it's the same. There's a spirit, There's the Spirit of God, and there's the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit. But when does that happen? When does the Spirit turn up? That's a good question. Actually, the Spirit has already turned up. Actually, it turned up a long, long time ago. Way back in Genesis, right near the start. Genesis 1 verse 2 said, The Spirit hovered over the earth. Also, the spirit is hanging around pre-conversion. You know, the spirit starts tapping, starts nagging, starts drawing. John 16, verse 8. Thirdly, the spirit, when you give yourself to the gospel, give yourself to Jesus and accept Jesus and accept that you can't please God by obeying rules and that God has sent his son to die in your place, and you ask um, Jesus to come into your life, that is the spirit that does that. And that spirit becomes a dominating force in your heart and your mind. Verses three to five. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You know, um, when that that time, you know, when that spirit comes into your life, you say yes to God, often that's accompanied, not always, but often by by a feeling, like, whoa, like I feel different. You know, it's like, the sky is blue. The grass is green. You know, I just can't... I just. It's amazing. Uh, shut your eyes for a moment. Put up your hand if you had that feeling. That first conversion feeling. You, it's hard to explain, but you know, you remember. And uh, I remember Steve Apirano, who came and sung and, and talked there. He, he says, he remembers, I'm um, going outside his house. said, whoa. Who put that tree there? And they said, bro, it's always been there. (laughs) But it's just that that newness of the Spirit, things were new. And fourthly, there can be subsequent visitations or blessings or powerful experiences of the Spirit. And Pentecostals love this one. And uh, we're not denying it, but we're not saying it's the one and only time the Spirit has turned up. The Spirit was there right at the beginning of creation. He was there convicting, prompting, tapping, calling us to Him. And, he's, and He was there at conversion. But we can have subsequent experiences of the Holy Spirit. We can. And it's good. It's great. Um, Jenny Peepee is saying in the revival in the Solomon Islands, uh, often, this, you know, often amongst us, when the Spirit moves, we will feel warm or hot. She said there because they always feel hot. When the Spirit moved in subsequent blessings, they would feel cold. <laughs> but we can. That is possible. I don't, actually don't believe it's um, helpful to say it's like a learner's license and full license. Have you been? um, Have you got your full license in the spirit? I think it's more helpful to say we can have subsequent experiences of the Holy Spirit. That's good. Um, When you say to Jesus, "I'm yours," He gives us the Spirit as as His deposit. Ephesians one verse fourteen. And fifthly, the final thing about having the Spirit experiencing the spirit, I'm not going to say now, but I'm going to say later. Okay? The fifth thing about the spirit, we're going to say right near the end. So the little word if. Life depends on the word if. If you have the spirit, you have life. And the second little word is in, verses five to eight. The word mind depends on the little word You can't have the word mind without in. M-I-N-D. Mind. You need in in the mind. Verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind... Governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, law. Nor can it do so. So, if you don't have a regenerated mind, a renovated mind, a spirit-dominated mind, you don't have spiritual life. You are—it's uh, death—and uh, as opposed to life and peace of the mind controlled by the spirit. So the mind needs the spirit, a mindset, a focus on God, a spirit-controlled mind to have life. So the alternative to a spirit-infused mind, if you don't have the Holy Spirit as a dominant feature in the mind is called the sinful mind, the fleshly mind, the mind without the spirit in it. The result of that is hostility to God, verse 7. And there's two ways you can be hostile. You can be angry, uh, aggressive, hostile. And I remember talking to a guy maybe two years ago on the beach. We'd had lots of chats on the beach. And then um, we got to talking about God and all of a sudden, he changed to the hostile guy on the beach. Toxic almost. So you can have that Hostility to God, or you can have a passive-aggressive hostility to God. Passive-aggressive minds are still hostile. Things like a, a subtle forgetfulness of God. John Wesley called this practical atheism. They they have not God in their thoughts. John Wesley said, in their minds. But by contrast, those in Christ Jesus have a God-focused mind, a spirit-controlled mind, the spirit in their mind. And there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So the word if, if you have the spirit, you have life. And the word in, if you have the spirit in your mind, mind focused on God, you have life. And the third little word is the little word you, you. Verses 9 to 11. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your Spirit is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, because of his Spirit who lives in you. Now the "you" in each and every mention here is plural. It's you fellows. It's yous. For our Americans, y'all. This is not the individual you, and English is tricky in this. We, and so often we think of you when you see you. We think you singular, but this is you, plural. You koto, ko koto you phallus. The spirit is in you. The spirit is in us. And Paul was writing not to individuals at the Roman. Church in Rome, he was writing to the church, corato in Rome, and we experience the Holy Spirit number five by being the you, by being the Tato, by being the us, by experiencing the spirit together, by being connected. And I'm preaching to the converted here, I know, because we're together. And some of us, they want to be together, uh, but they can't in this time. But, but, you know, it's about us together. And we just got to keep finding ways of being together, even when we're apart, of being connected, of not being isolated. Because the you is Plural. And that's how we experience the Spirit. One of the ways we experience the Spirit, by being the us. And so we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And actually there's five places in the New Testament that's, that, that says that. That's, that says that. And four out of the five, the you is plural, that's 80%. 20% is not a pass. You fellas are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, the you is plural. 1, uh, 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5, the you is plural. Ephesians 2.22, the temple there, the building there, the you is plural. 2 Corinthians 6.16, the you is plural. The only exception is one 6, 19. The you is singular. So the vast majority of the you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The you is the plural, the us. We are the called out people of God. We are the tapu, the sacred assembly, the holy nation, the royal priesthood. Are you in Christ Jesus? Is Christ Jesus in you? Um, and it's so, so possible. And even being here, we can experience the Holy Spirit here together right now. And um, we're going to pray um, for subsequent experiences of the Holy Spirit for those that want it, uh, but not me. I've got a, a tickly throat, so uh, I will make a stage right exit, And uh, but people will be come around up here and pray for people that just need uh, would like prayer in any way. So can we just have our worship team again, and let's pray. Thank the Lord for his wonderful spirit, spirit of life. Yeah, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Those that want to raise their hands, Holy Spirit, come now, come now. Thank you, always been amongst, always been around, Holy Spirit, right at the beginning, hovering over the earth in your creation and convicting of sin, calling us to you, Thank you for your Holy Spirit and even um, conversion, that new life. Thank you for that and that you still want to continue to bless by your Holy Spirit, sometimes even in powerful ways. And so Holy Spirit, we say you're welcome even now, even today to subsequently bless your people. And being together, thank you for that blessing of your Spirit being here right now. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God.